that's when we started getting real philosophical. Oh yeah. You don't know the art we're trying to spit out right now. Art, art, art we're trying to spit out right now. And we're here to say, fuck your liberal, huh? Fuck, 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 fuck your liberal, huh? You're upset that we went to Iraq for oil? Well, too bad! Take a look at your ass. You shouldn't be able to see it that easy. How it works, lefties have soft hearts. Hey guys, welcome to Super Politics. You're probably wondering why you're here. You probably accidentally clicked this when you were trying to look for something else. But now that you're here, we've got you. And this is going to be the best experience of your life. So stay on this freaking podcast. That's right. So, you know, you might be stuck. So let's tell you what we're going to do here. We're going to explore what people disagree about and why they disagree. And then we're going to give you all the correct answers on all of life's major questions. Yeah, we're talking about politics. We're two um, uh, liberals or progressives, if you will. And, uh, you know, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I'm a uh, public defender. I'm a lawyer. I spent most of my life um, actually as a conservative, um, very much believed in that stuff, uh, maybe a large portion of that being libertarian. But through the process of going to law school and becoming a lawyer and seeing how the law actually works, um, you know, when the rubber hits the road, it's really transformed me. But um, what I'm going to be talking about a lot in this podcast is why um, people disagree about politics and what, you know, conservatives think about things, libertarians think about things. And kind of as I progressed um, all the way to the left, uh, you know, what I learned. So, and uh, what do you, my name is Steve Daly. I don't think I said that, <laughs> but we got Decatur That's Brent in the house. Thing. Yeah. Uh, what's up, guys? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Decatur Brent. Um, I am also a uh, staunch progressive. Uh, even my lazy eye goes left. So, I'm left and left <laughs> through and through. Progressive most of my life. The past decade, I've been very involved in the hip-hop world, producing, stuff like that, helping other artists get on. So I definitely think that perspective uh, within the rap community has definitely helped me become a lot more left and just kind of double down on realizing the inequities, just seeing how people treat hip-hop, how people treat minorities in this country. I think another thing that definitely helped me from a young age in sixth grade, I remember reading Che Guevara's book. So I think I've always been a little uh, little socialist, you know, and uh, definitely... Just as time goes on, you know, you watch news. I think a big moment for all of us was the Trayvon Martin case. I think that definitely radicalized a lot of us. Seeing the Israel-Palestinian conflict, just understanding imperialism from America as a whole and what it's done to the world. I definitely think it's just all pushed me left. And then the icing on the cake was seeing Bernie Sanders uh, run in the 2016 election. Uh, Steve and I both, just to uh, not keep any secrets from you guys, uh, we both volunteered on the 2016 Bernie Sanders uh, campaign. So we definitely have our leaning <laughs> to the left. We're definitely not trying to pretend that we are uh, moderates or centrists here. Absolutely. And what we, you know, one of the points of this, you know, first of all, I'm going to tell you that this is an explicit podcast, not safe for work. So if you have a fucking problem with that, you might want to click off this podcast right now. Um Listen to this podcast, episode one. We're going to talk about coronavirus and how it's uh, proving that socialism was right all along. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Natural Ice, the beer that I'm about to drink that is um, very high quality. Uh, and uh, it's Cater Brent. Are you oh, having a drink? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually having two. So I'd like to give multiple shout outs for sponsorship in the future. Yes. Um, shout out to Coca-Cola Original Flavor. Very important. And uh, also a shout out to Hornitos Tequila. Whoa, you're having um, tequila? 
Yes, a, a, a coquila, if you will. I don't think we're on the same level. I think we're both going hard, but this isn't the same. It's a different it's a different direction. Like mine is the you have a few of these and you end up behind a dumpster. Tequila, that's just a different that's a different experience. So that's I'm glad being we're... that's being blackout behind the dumpster already. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you Which is a feeling out. it's a feeling that touches home for me, you know. Well, that's good. So, I'm going to I'm going to let everyone enjoy this with me. Just imagine you're also having a natural light because, well, natural ice, 5.9% alcohol, uh, and you might actually enjoy this episode. Yeah, well, uh, I know there's a lot of 19-year-olds underage drinking who are probably enjoying that natty (laughs) ice with you. (laughs) All right, so the coronavirus is killing everybody from what we know. Um, It's everywhere, and... uh, Started off this very um, bizarre thing, you know, as we know, today we're recording, it's April 1st, 2020, um, and uh, we're, I think, at how many cases in the United States? Who cares? A lot. We have the record of any country, I can tell you that right now. And that's a very interesting thing. So just to take a step back where we've come and where we are now, <clears throat> we have the record of any country, as you just learned, as I just learned, um, which is very uh, different than what, uh, the Trump white house has been talking about since, uh, this started. Um, and we now have reports saying that, uh, president Donald Trump on Tuesday, uh, acknowledging, acknowledged downplaying the coronavirus threat early on. The quote is, I knew everything. I knew it could be horrible. I knew it could, it could maybe be good. I don't know how the coronavirus could be good, but we'll keep going. (laughs) Hey, you're killing a lot of non-Trump votes. (laughs) Yeah, so I knew it could be it may be good. I knew it could maybe good. I'm reading this. Don't wrong. try to rationalize his statements. They're not going <laughs> to make sense the slower you read it. <laughs> I'm reading it wrong. Now I'm having Trump syndrome. I knew it could be maybe good. There we go. Trump said, mm. "I don't want to be a negative person." Okay. Well, it's not a character flaw to point out an impending threat, but I'm. It's okay. To you. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh no, we're under attack. Oh, you're a bad, you're a negative person. Um, so anyway, you know, he said this, this is really easy to be negative about. Yes. I agree with that, but I want to give people hope too. You know, I'm a cheerleader for the country. Now that's a fucking sight. I would love to see Trump in a cheerleader outfit. We are going through the worst thing. Well, in the same sentence, he said, we are going through the worst thing that the country has probably ever seen. So, saying that they don't think it's going to come to the United States. And if it does come to the United States, it'll only be a few people and it's nothing to worry about. And we don't want to hurt business and blah, blah, blah. And now and, we have more than any other I think country. people are forgetting too, that Trump for a while was saying that this was going to blow over when it gets warm outside. And he was saying that when come April, it'll be too warm for this to survive. Hopefully I'd just like to point out that it snowed like two days ago in New York city. So <laughs> I don't think it's, Anything of his thought process made any sense there. And I would also like to add, we are now at 932,000 global cases. 932,000 global cases. That is quite the pandemic. So something that I remember having conversations with a lot of my buddies, uh, um, a really common thing people were saying is that this is just like a weak flu or it's not even as bad as the flu. And I don't know where that started. But a few things that people would say and I think are worth addressing is, you know, they would talk about how, you know, more people per year um, die of the flu, which obviously is a stupid thing to even say because the coronavirus has only been around for a few months. But something else to think about is 
um, if we're just looking at that number, we're leaving out what's more important is how often does the coronavirus kill you if you get it. But what people would say is, you know, what they're leaving, what they're not understanding, even if we want to talk about the, sh the sheer numbers of people who get the flu versus coronavirus is the flu, if I'm not mistaken, has been around for thousands of years and it's had a long time to develop within the human population. A solid run, honestly. Like if we're talking about like <laughs> best runs, I mean, they got the Beatles beat, the Stones beat, really all of them. I mean, they are, they have an annual uh, tour, the flu, <laughs> and they're would, still going hard. <laughs> I would argue, I don't know who's older, uh, the flu or Keith Richards, but they're both up there in age. They look about the same. Yeah. Nothing but respect to both, really. <laughs> <laughs> rock on and on a downside the flu does kill a lot of people but um you know the numbers <laughs> so and maybe keith richards does too but no offense keith but not that he's ever going to hear this but maybe he will maybe maybe episode he's our one only listener <laughs> <laughs> oh we got to tweet this to him do people still tweet Definitely. i'm i'm so old um, <laughs> yes people still tweet i'll tell you twitter's actually probably more relevant than it ever has been a quick uh, point, too, I'd like to add that this concept, too, when people say it's just like the weak flu, like it's the flu and I live from the flu all the time. This is actually starting to hospitalize more and more young people every day. So this could be a threat if you don't even want to think about anyone else and the repercussions of your <laughs> community. You should at least be concerned on a very personal level. This could truly affect you. We really don't have that much data as to who it's going to affect. We know it gets to old people worse than it gets to younger people. That being said, there's still one-year-olds that are dying. There's still 28-year-olds that are dying. People in their 30s, of course, are dying. The lead singer of Fountains of Wayne, who sang the hit song Stacy's Mom, has got it going on, just died today of coronavirus. Um, it's the coronavirus. <laughs> Shit. Right. And here you just heard uh, Decatur Brent uh, let out a healthy cough there. So um, we're, you know, something that you should know is we are recording uh, remotely and uh, shout out to technology and we are um, <clears throat> social distancing. So that's a nice thing. And I'm very uh, glad. Yeah, that we're, we're distant doing that. podcasting. Yeah. And we decided it's best that if we're going to lecture you guys about social distancing, we shouldn't be too hypocritical, but thank God, because uh, my throat's getting more sore. <laughs> you <laughs> might know? not make it to the end. Um, <laughs> I might not make it to the, to the 20 minute mark. <laughs> um, so I'm personally very glad he's not in my presence. So as much as it's uh, us being woke as fuck, um, it's right. also uh, me just not wanting to get sick and die. All right. So but here's here's the thing. Coronavirus is killing more people those who get it and if that doesn't bother you then um you know the, i've been trying to figure out how to explain it to my friends and the best thing i can come up with is while the flu kills more people per year than bears do um right uh, i'd rather be alone in a room with the flu than with a bear <laughs> what type of bear are we talking about? <laughs> so that makes a difference we're talking we're not black bear i feel like i might have a shot against a black bear really no not at all <laughs> But a small. I believed you because I can't see your face right now. So I was like, okay. I haven't worked out sure. for so long, but I feel like I could take on like a small, uh, like a coyote or a small wolf <laughs> that I could do as long as we're talking about that. So listeners the point is... comment below when you want that fight to happen. <laughs> um, but the point I'm trying to make is, and this is, that was a really fucking smart point. And if you don't agree with that, then you know what? This isn't the podcast for you, but um, the, the bear analogy <laughs> That I'm talking about here. 
the point is if someone if something is more deadly even though it's not as widespread it's still a fucking problem you got to worry about that's the part the point that i'm trying to make and it's it's becoming more widespread and it's killing all these at-risk people who have pre-existing conditions it's a huge percentage of our population so um and but it's like like brent said it's also killing uh, healthy people too, and putting them in the hospital. I don't want to go to the hospital, whether or not it's going to kill me. I don't want to go to the hospital, period. So, you know, this is a problem. Um, yeah, you know. and I think this whole concept too, when, you know, I was talking to someone about it, who's a little more of the uh, fringe, everything's a conspiracy man type guy. And he was telling me, uh, you know, plenty of people die from refrigerators falling on them. Are you going to worry about that too? And my answer is, if you're around a lot of fucking refrigerators, then yeah, you should probably fucking worry. Maybe just be aware that the fridge isn't falling. If I see a fridge looking like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, <laughs> I'm going to get out of the way. If you see a rocky fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe just be aware of any risks in general. <laughs> yeah. Well, just a good, good thought. And this isn't even talking about, you know, you should probably care just for being concerned about your peers, your coworkers, your family getting this and all that. If you like I said, if you can't worry about that, at least worry about your fucking self, man. Yeah. I mean, look out for number one, right? That's what this podcast is all about. So uh yeah. um <clears throat> you know, so how do you get the coronavirus? Ever you know, the I was reading a New York Times article about this and uh they were they had a lot of great points. Uh, they were talking about, you know, it was kind of a Q&A and they were talking about, you know, you can get it in all these crazy ways, man. That was like blowing my mind a few weeks ago when I was first reading it. You know, you're reading about it in other countries and they were saying someone can touch a metal surface in the subway and it's still there many hours later. Um, and you could you could right. touch the same thing, touch your face. You have coronavirus like that's crazy. You weren't even around that person. He didn't even he or she, the infected person who touched the subway, didn't even Two hours had gone by before since they were in the subway, and now you got coronavirus. Like that, oh, yeah. that's insane. They were saying that you know what you know what really fucked me up was. Did you see the statistics on glass? It can last up to five days on glass surfaces. Holy shit! Well, I'm never leaving my house again. <clears throat> they said you can even get it, give coronavirus just from breathing on somebody. You know, I'm not even talking about coughing, sneezing, whatever, which is what you normally worry about if you're in an elevator with someone someone could just breathe on you and now you have coronavirus but then what i loved is i scroll down to the bottom and the last question was you know and this is an important question i encourage everyone to ask in any health crisis is can you get it from sex all right uh <laughs> you know very important question their answer their answer was sure. we don't know we're still researching it <clears throat> like what <laughs> have you ever had sex before you're I gonna... don't know about I don't know about you. I'm into some <laughs> kinky things, and I like to hold my breath. I call it deep sea diving. So I like to hold my breath as long as I can during the act. You know that's probably not too hard for you because it's only oh man, cheap joke. Because you only have sex for one minute, so you can do it. <laughs> We're in a political climate right now where the Republican White House and the Republican Senate just passed a bill giving everybody universal basic income, right? To some degree. To some degree. Yes. So we're going to bring in a very special guest to explain to us what this bill is um, and to give us some details on that. You know, a couple of, a couple of lug nuts like ourselves need some help. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so we have brought in our esteemed colleague who will explain some of the details of the uh, stimulus bill or whatever they're calling it that's supposed to give everyone free money uh, and uh, take it away um, with the details. Hey, everyone. It's Ruth Bader Ginsburg here. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Any relation to the famous Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Who? <laughs> the the uh, Supreme Court Justice. Mm, I've never heard of her. Okay. That's improbable. Well, anyways, I'm, I'm here <laughs> to tell you all about the stimulus bill. Do you know what a stimulus is? Yeah, I, I literally just said that, but um, yes. Okay, well, it's where you stimulate the economy with money. Mm. So Congress passed a ginormous stimulus bill, trillions of dollars. It's got business bailouts. It's got direct payments. It's got health care provisions. It's got unemployment provisions. But the most exciting thing that got everyone talking is the direct payments of $1,200 to every adult. Wow, that sounds pretty great. So how long are we going to get $1,200? Well, that's the thing. You see, it's only one time. Oh, one time is that well that it's nice to get free money but uh that doesn't really help people out very much does it well no it's really helpful if you only need to pay rent like once (laughs) or you don't really like eating very often right then it's perfect right so i I don't know what you seem concerned about it seems absolutely no that's that's true i i didn't think of it that way if you just don't eat at all it should probably be fine um, okay. Oh, oh, and you do get you do get five hundred dollars for every kid you have. Oh well, then now that now we're cooking. So, um, all right. Well, so my kid gets to spend five hundred dollars on uh, on uh, Minecraft, and I get twelve hundred dollars to pay part of my rent. And what does everyone else right, do? So you want to make sure to have as many kids as possible so you can get this $500 right now because that will absolutely stretch out and totally make the five hundred worth it. Okay, so that's a pretty good strategy. So what else have you learned about this bill? Do we know anything about um, how it affects unemployment? There was an unemployment provision. There was going to be a $600 per week increase to state systems. But the problem is that every state runs their unemployment office differently. So it's really up in the air about when people are going to see that money, how they're going to see that money, how the states are going to divvy it out. Okay, so the states have to determine who's eligible before you get the extra $600 from the federal government? So the federal government's just paying the states. So they're the ones who have to be the gatekeepers. Oh, that seems reasonable. Um, So let's all hope our local state unemployment offices have really been efficient and well-funded lately. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope they have the resources to handle, like, what, is going to be, like, triple the amount or something of the normal uh, applications they get? That's probably I mean, something I don't know. I guess if you're if you're unemployed, I mean, I don't know anyone who's unemployed right now. I don't know why they would be. <laughs> um, oh, what was that? Oh, I, you? I, I'm oh, you're unemployed. unemployed? Yeah. Awkward. Oh, okay, so but have you thought about um, like trying to find about, a job? Uh, what about businesses? <laughs> I don't know about that guy, but businesses. Oh, businesses <laughs> are getting quite the bailout. Uh, $350 billion is going to small businesses if they don't lay off people for six months. But $500 billion is going to go to big business, and they can fire whoever they want. Oh. <laughs> what? That's just, I did not, I didn't know that. See, a lot of what you're saying I knew, but you're acting like I don't. Um, so that's interesting. But the, this fact is, is uh, something I genuinely didn't know. So we're giving free money to big businesses 
Um, and did they provide any kind of logic for the difference there? Do we know why? Well, you see, big businesses are the lifeblood of the country. <laughs> Trickle down, bootstraps, et cetera, et cetera. You know. Okay. You've seen movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I forgot about Anne Rand and her. Uh... Just, just right. The movies. Watch them. Okay. <laughs> In all the movies, they explain that our benevolent uh, corporate overlords are uh, keeping our country running. So they get free money regardless of who they fire. Okay. Right, and you might have heard that the uh, the Yang Gang followers of Andrew Yang, who ran for president, have you have you heard of the president? There was an election. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think that there was an election going on at some point, um, and now everyone's forgotten about it. Um, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Democrats are running five thousand people, but Andrew Yang was one of them. The- and the Yang Gang was super excited at first because they've been championing universal basic income. And so now they are pleased with what was passed? They are not pleased because this check is not universal and it's not basic and it's barely income. So they're they're a little upset. So if I may, they feel that they've been yang banged. They got totally yang banged. Perfect. <laughs> uh Okay. Um, good. So what do we know? How has this? You said this bill does something about uh, health care. Uh, what do we what do we learn about what's changing about our healthcare system? Do we have some special enrollment period that happened or um, are more people going to be covered now or what what happened? Well, there was a health care or I'm sorry, there wasn't a health care bill. There was a sick leave bill Uh-oh. to try to give people the ability to take off time if they're stricken with COVID-19. But uh, unfortunately, 80 percent of the workforce is pretty much exempt from that. All right. So. Let me see if I get this straight, because I just learned two things. So we're in the middle of one of the largest public health crises we've seen in a very, very long time. And we passed a large bill that was supposed to address how to handle that. And they did not include a provision to cover more people uh, with health care insurance. That is correct. Oh, good. Okay. And then when we have the sick leave, which is inevitably going to happen to people in the middle of a health care crisis... Uh, 80% of people will not be helped out um, for that. Nailed it. Oh. Wow, you're a good listener. I'm surprised you got it. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. It's it's very uncomfortable for men to listen to women talk to them this way. That's what Brent told me. I don't feel that way myself. But, uh, okay, so um, what other what what else did this do? It sounds like basically we're just – they're going to hand out a bunch of money that isn't enough to actually help anybody – so they can pat themselves on the back saying they did something and we're all fucked. That's basically it in a nutshell. Oh, <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Okay. So we're spending $2.2 trillion on something that doesn't actually help. Um, well, I'll take the money. I'm not going to not take it. Well, it helps big businesses. It helps big businesses. Oh. So thank God for that. Thank God. We can all sleep at night better. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, anything else, Ruth? No, I think that's it. I gotta go. Uh, gotta go. Go on some message boards and troll some people, put down some people, things like that. <laughs> very busy day. All right, fantastic. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming on and woman explaining to us uh, the recent stimulus bill. Um, thank you very much. Peace. 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 Peace.
What I want people to think about and kind of one of the inspirations for this episode is to take a look at what's going on in society right now. And there is a lot of suffering. Obviously, a lot of people are out of work. Um, some of you listening might be in that exact situation. And what's some really of interesting us recording to- might be in that exact situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Brent, you were uh, let go as a result of everything that's going on, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, and that's, you know, that's what I want people to think about. So obviously the coronavirus is a biological threat and it is causing a lot of actual tangible human suffering. You know, people are getting sick, people are dying. It's very scary. And that's one huge thing that's going on. But maybe even most of the human suffering that's happening right now isn't even the result of the virus itself. It's the result of what we have to do to try to stop the virus. It's the result of all the people that are out of work, you know, all the people that are not able to go do the activities they used to do, you know, that were stuck in our house, the people that maybe they would, would be allowed to work, but they can't because their kid can't go to daycare anymore, things like that, or can't go to school anymore. The question that I'm putting forward, kind of the topic that I wanted to talk about more than anything else we've talked about right now is how much of this suffering is actually caused by the virus versus how much of this suffering is caused by the way we've structured our society. Um, it, it, you know, and another another way to look at the same question is why is it necessary that we're suffering from so much when something happened like this? You know, is it really the case that all these quote unquote non-essential businesses that we've closed, is it really the case that those are actually essential for our survival? Are they essential? Is it essential for us, you know, to our right to work and eat and do everything that, you know, and, and enjoy our house and have healthcare, all these things that are tied to work. I think it just grows to a, a bigger aspect too. I guess I, I feel like this almost, it's almost like America has this addiction to work and we're, we've just been, I think we're really realizing during this quarantine is that we've just been thrown a bunch of, not to, not to take away anything from, you know, everyone works hard, but there's a lot of bullshit jobs that including the one I had, you know, like it, these aren't essential jobs, but why, why are we taking these jobs so serious that don't take us serious at all? Right. So why is it that you are not allowed to have healthcare? You're not allowed to have so many other things, um, just because you're not working. And so what does that mean about the way our society is structured? Right. The, is this what I want to what I want to talk about is the fact that the what's happening, what coronavirus is showing us right now, the response that the medical experts say that we have to do, which is stay at home, don't work, all you know, all this stuff. Um, is it necessary that societies need to fall apart the way that they do? Or is it just proof that we have an inadequate social safety net in place and there's no reason for it to be this way, that people could be out of work? But we shouldn't all be suffering to the extent that we are just because that we're out of work temporarily, right? The coronavirus isn't actually causing the economy to tank. What's causing the economy to tank is the fact that we've tied all of our commerce and everything that we need to survive. The, our entire society is structured based on this idea that everyone needs to be working, even if your job is absolutely not essential for humanity to survive. 
Also something I find kind of interesting that even when we're not working, it seems like the message that's been going around from, you know, everyone from the top to the bottom of the of the chain here in America is it's like throughout this quarantine, it's almost we've heard so much about, you know, you should work on this, start this. Shakespeare wrote King Lear during quarantine, uh, you know, all these self-motivation and determination points, you know, and like that's important. But like capitalism has told us we need to be working 24 seven, even in a global pandemic, our brains are thinking, what can we get done while we're home and self quarantined? We're not even giving ourselves a break and for sure. Self-improvement's important and growth is obviously vital. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to grow as, as people, but being productive shouldn't be like a rubric to judge someone's morale. You know, like the fact that we have to feel so busy, we go or like we're going to go insane proves we are so addicted to work in this country and most countries don't feel that and we, we've just consumed so much all these businesses are, are thriving and that's what we need to be worried about in the economy and it's like we've lost the entire identity of like what it is to have just a soul and i get that's corny but it's like these are human aspects that money shouldn't be replaced yeah i mean you know? look this is where conservatives uh g- people you know people who are good people on the right and people who are good people on the left and i'm just using that phrase loosely you know you know i think most people in this country agree we want as minimal as little human suffering as possible but we just disagree on how to get there and some people think that capitalism is the only way and you know they'll they'll say that's nice uh brent and steve but like what else do, what else do you suggest you know if you but this is what I, I want to the first step is to look at the system we have and ask ourselves if it falls apart at the first sign of trouble, you know, then is it really the only way? Is this how is it actually necessary that our survival as a species and, and large swaths of our population are need to suffer every time we have something, a threat like coronavirus? Coronavirus isn't, you know, like an invasion from a foreign country. It's it's a biological threat that we can control if we take these steps but it doesn't mean we all have to suffer to the extent that we are the only reason we're suffering is because it's is because the capitalist system that we have requires us to work or it doesn't function right. and yeah it's like we we go to work when we're sick like most of the time i feel because we're afraid we're going to be looked at as weak for resting and we treat people worse for just staying home and taking care of themselves and treat them like they're being selfish and not good team right. members absolutely and so this begs the question. This is something that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about and they should be is the fact that so many of us now are confronted with this situation of not working even when we want to, even when we're able to. You know, we're being told by the government to stay home. The hardest working Republicans, you know, I know aren't able to work right now, right? And so they're having to confront this question of, "Oh shit, the system doesn't work if I can't if I can't work." You know, there's no adequate social safety net for me. So many people are existing the way we're existing right now all year that they have something in their lives that makes it so they're unable to work. And we have worked so hard to marginalize those people and to ignore the fact that they're suffering the way that we're all suffering now, that that's the fundamental problem with capitalism. What what we're seeing now is that the capitalist system we have, this unregulated economy that we have doesn't we're all seeing why it doesn't work in situations where people are unable to work but we can be willfully blind to that all year long every year when we're not in a crisis that when 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 it's not directly affecting us it's so easy to just say 
you know, well, fuck it, it's working for me. So this is the only way our society can possibly be structured. But now that large swaths of our society are unable to work, now we're all asking ourselves, oh shit, emergency, Republicans and Democrats on the same page, let's give everyone money. That is hardcore socialism. And 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 we're doing it out of because now we realize that there's so many people who can't work. But that's true all the time. Exactly. You know. Definitely. And I, I would just like to add, I mean, how we talked about earlier, America has more cases than anywhere in the, in the world right now. And granted, a lot of that is beyond any sort of political control. I mean, you can't stop just travel all over before you know about it. I get that. But let's look at the countries that are, are really dealing with this in a much stronger light. They're not countries that are capitalist. You look at how great Cuba is dealing with this, how Vietnam is dealing with this. Even when you go to the democratic socialist type countries that are still, you know, mixed capitalism. Sure, Sweden has a lot of cases, but it, it's more contained still. Finland, it's just over a thousand. You know, like these social safety nets are so crucial. And it's just that this pandemic is pointing this out. But if we didn't have any social safety nets to begin with, just imagine where this country would be, even from when the swine flu happened, even from when the average flu comes around every year, the common cold even would knock a lot of people out. Our 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 facilities aren't ready for anything to go too extreme. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing that this coronavirus is pointing out and how, how you're just talking about Steve. Like this is just this idea that capitalism can can save us when there's a real problem. It can't. It's, it can't stand right. on its capitalism own. Capitalism requires know? profit and growth to function appropriately. Right. And so so when we're in a situation where we're unable to do that, is it is the necessary result of that that all our whole society has to suffer or is there another way right I, i'm queer, curious what you think about this idea joe biden was asked about universal health care and he pointed out how italy is not um handling this crisis very well and they have universal health care so obviously you know universal health care is a socialist idea um and that's and to him that's proof that um we don't need universal health care because look it doesn't work yeah uh first off i think i mean i have a whole rolodex of topics i could whip out about which is uh, our next podcast by the way everything wrong with this world he's he's now officially tripled down on no medicare for all uh italy is not fucked because of their healthcare system they're fucked because of how many cases came out of nowhere and they actually are doing frankly quite well with what they were were dealt. They have a lot more travel, being that they're much closer to China, mean that they're closer to Europe. So of course they were going to bring back more than America was going to bring back. We're farther away, which is obviously a huge advantage that we've had in this country and a privilege of why we haven't dealt with a lot of the same problems that Europe has had in the entire past hundred years. Even. Right. So uh, this idea that Italy's healthcare system is, is bad. It's nowhere can keep up America look at New York City right now we can't keep up with the with the morgues there you know like the, nothing is working in any system right now as far as that but what we do know is having free health care one it takes the stress away and obviously Absolutely. stress levels can fuck up your immune system a lot also people aren't considering that Italy is one of the top retirement destinations in the world. So they already have an older population to begin with. It's not necessarily fair to blame them for that. You know, there, there's just, there's a thousand things wrong with it. I get Joe Biden. If that is even Joe Biden, we don't know. Um, <laughs> More know. on that episode too. <laughs> Stay tuned. More on that. Sorry. I don't mean no, to no, steal no, no, any, no. anything in there. It's but, good. Uh, 
yeah, it, it's just a, a ridiculous statement that sounds like he's just being bought out by yeah. by the health industry. I, do, I don't know how else to even describe it. It's almost like too hollow of a statement to even right. take well, into. And, and let's get also look at it. Of. You know, the, what his comment is really more about is the logistics of how their health community works, how, you know, their healthcare system works, not how it's paid for. Right. It's so that's one thing. It's not even about we're talking about economics and he's talking about, you know, logistics. And, you know, there's it could be a million factors as to why um, Italy has struggled the way that they have. But, you know, what he's obviously completely leaving off the table is any discussion about what it be about all the people who can't work right now in Italy who, you know, otherwise might be might not have health care if it wasn't for the fact that they have universal health care. So they would now have this added stress that if anything goes wrong with them in this time, they because they're out of work due to coronavirus, they wouldn't if they didn't have universal health care, they might not have any health insurance and they'd be screwed. And so there's this financial question that I'm asking is like, why? You know what? What about Italy's situation shows Joe Biden that universal health care doesn't work? That doesn't make any sense. All the citizens of Italy can be comfortable knowing, hey, at least like you just said, at least I don't have this added stress of wondering how the hell I'm going to pay for it if I get sick. You know, whether it's coronavirus or anything, there's a million things that can cause us sick, cause us to be sick at this time. It's not just coronavirus. So you know, um, and and I'd like that too. They're they're you know, public healthcare system has allowed them to be more honest about their health. Do you know how many people, I guarantee you, I have no stats. Do not like quote me. We don't do any research on this podcast at all, just for the record. No, research is for poor people and we don't care about them (laughs) in this podcast. No. uh, (laughs) He's lying. We love you guys. When you, when he's one of them, (laughs) when you think about it though, man, I've gone through long bouts in my life where I had no healthcare. And when I was sick, you know what I did? I just shut up and stayed home because I knew I couldn't afford it. I guarantee you there are people with coronavirus right now that are just too afraid, not even the aspect of am I going to die, but it's like, I can't afford to go to the doctor. With yeah. What's shit. all this going to you know cost I mean? me? And, and sure, they talk about, we have, you know, free, free kits and all that. If you have it, it doesn't mean everything about your trip is free. You're not just in the hospital and just expect to get no bill after. That's not how we've set that up. And these are, these are like, really the things that I think the average American thinks about and especially not everyone's keeping up with the news. They probably don't even, not everyone knows that the the test is free. Do you know what I mean? Like these are stressful things to think about because if it becomes, if it is between you eating or you going to the doctor, like you're going to take eating every single time, right. you know? So Italy doesn't have that problem. So if they're feeling sick, they're going to go to the hospital yeah. immediately. Because they don't got to worry yeah. that they're not going to be able to eat dinner that night or pay for their family's bills or whatever. I think we should look at our line of defense right now. <laughs> we have <laughs> President Trump. Who is, oh, Jesus. You know, I, there's nothing you can, you know what the, yeah. what's like kind of sucks what, the, about What Trump? one thing sucks about it? It's like hard to make fun of just like a a train wreck yeah. comedy because it's like there's nothing like you can add on like it's like it's hard to make jokes oh, yeah. about you know the, what? the movie you, you know, know what I mean because it's already I know so exactly bad. what you mean and I wouldn't even be surprised I'll give Trump credit for this I bet he I wouldn't even be surprised if that was on purpose if he's like if I'm just an idiot all the time then no one's even going to care but anyway I know what you mean please carry on what's our line of defense Trump uh, we have Andrew Cuomo, who's become an unlikely hero to a lot of people. Not me personally, but we can get more into that on our next episode. Yes. Um, uh, and is there any yeah, relation to Chris to Cuomo, him. who's currently suffering? Yep that that is his brother. Wow! Can you believe? I, and I wish I knew that, but uh, but now I do, and that's what the benefit of listening to this podcast yeah, is. Do. 
Um, <laughs> you learn something 40 minutes in. <laughs> I can't wait to look at the analytics of like how quickly people dropped off of this podcast. Uh, it's like, okay, at minute, at, at second 15, they realize there's not going to be a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So there's there's Andrew Cuomo, who's become, like I said, an, un, an unlikely hero. And, and, you know, fair enough. I think there's some real issues to dig into him, especially that he's a big reason why New York does not have a lot of hospital beds, as he's been a big proponent of cutting Medicare Jesus. in the state of New York. Uh, and a lot of nurses and, you know, ER doctors have come out against him. But really? Okay. No, I, second I, you defense. know what? I... I, I'll admit I'm one of those people who I didn't know shit about him until uh, literally a week ago, and now I'm hearing all this stuff about him in the media, and it all sounds really good because he's leading the charge on coronavirus in a way that very few people are. Um, so I am really interested to hear more in uh, the highly anticipated next episode where you talk about Definitely. Andrew Cuomo more. And I will say, to his credit right now, He's a good public voice of, of unification. I get, I know a lot of people on the left who like hate this idea of like, we need someone to unify, but like, it probably is a good thing, honestly, right? Like you don't want someone out there with that nervous energy. Oh, yeah. Like Trump. Oh yeah. We need it right so now. I, we need think, a real New Yorker, not Trump. What, where is Trump actually from? He's from Queens. Well then fine. He's from, then he's I take from back what the I same, the same, the same place as Nas. You know? I just don't know, like, think of the like way that. he acts and talks. Like, I just, my friends from New York don't remind me of him at all. They're just so much less orange. And and their hair, <laughs> just like, I don't know, man. But anyway, okay, sorry. So we're back on the line of defense. Yeah. We got Cuomo and, and Trump, best buds. So they keep bickering back and forth. We hear he's wrong, he's wrong. They're both arguing about there's... Two people who have been the go-to people for information. One, I would I would like to give a shout out to this man as he has become a beacon of light, a beacon of hope to all of us in America is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Who is that? Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, if you don't know who I he do is, not. you are not alone because no one knew who he was before <laughs> this and that's okay. I didn't know. I've just seen him everywhere. He's become a national treasure. He is <laughs> him the, and Joe exotic. He is. Yes. <laughs> I think Fauci and Joe exotic will team up. <laughs> they have both um, risen out of the ashes of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right. So Dr. Fauci, Fauci is, is the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases. Wow. And he is, he is like a, I have done some research on this yeah. guy. When I say Creep. like people in the infectious diseases world, yes. like they fanboy over this wow. guy. Like he is their Luke Skywalker. Okay. It's incredible. I've seen fan accounts. I've seen people like the interviewers ask, well, what do you think of Dr. Fauci taking control of this? And they're like, oh my God, he's they're the like greatest. Fauci they for president now. Like no joke. There is like the Fauci hive, the Fauci gang is out there <laughs> and they will. This is this exciting. Man. He has, he's worked for every president since Reagan. I've noticed this. I don't see the media talking about this too much since Trump made a comment about 
the the deep state department when he should have just said the health you know and state departments uh dr fauci smirked and tried his hardest not to laugh and since then he has not been up on stage with trump i don't know if that has anything to do with probably this probably has not Let's only be been on the 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 leading expert during the sars crisis yeah. during the mers crisis uh during the swine flu. He was also a huge part of helping get a cure for, well, help. I shouldn't say a full, you know, flat out cure, but for lack of a better term, uh, a cure in medicine done for HIV. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. He also is the main contributor to the emergency plan for AIDS relief. So he, he really has done a lot. So he's so actually to, in the room with Trump in all the important meetings related to coronavirus, which I'm guessing is all they're meeting about lately, by the way. But so he's supposed to be there. That's yes. what. And you know this because you're there, too. Wow. Well, you got me excited about him. So what you're saying is that someone competent actually infiltrated the White House. I'm saying yes. And I would like to make a Fauci song <laughs> for this podcast eventually. Uh, the oh, other one that. I think we could all take some solace in that Trump reached out to was former third baseman for the New York Yankees <laughs> and current Jennifer Lopez husband, Alex Rodriguez, yeah. <laughs> was said to that Trump reached out to him to ask him how to handle this. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Now, person to person, mano y mano here. Why would you reach out to, to Alex Rodriguez? A-Rod? I mean, what can't he fix? A-Rod. <laughs> I'll tell you what he can't fix. The coronavirus. <laughs> All the sources said he called them. He's just... Listen, we're in a real... Woke up. Listen, how do you... How do you say... What does Trump say? Listen here, man. We're in a... We're in a... We're in a bind, and I know that you once were uh, on the Yankees. Um, so... So, naturally... Okay. So, yeah, he just called, uh, according, this is a USA Today article, for example. Uh, he turned to former MLB star Alex Rodriguez for advice as a res- <laughs> advice on a response to the coronavirus pandemic. This sounds so fucking ridiculous. Why isn't this the uh, first? You will be happy to know, A-Rod said, the conversation was <laughs> But what did he tell him to do? That's what I want to know. Our fate is in his fucking hands. What did he say? I, I don't know. I'd also, no one knows. <laughs> But we <laughs> keep denying that it's a problem, Trump, because I don't believe in it. Like, has he addressed it? Trump, I mean? I haven't heard the media ask him. Oh, my God. This is so important. I think so. I think- what if Trump dumps Pence for A-Rod vice president? Hold on. That's what the call was about. I want to start spreading that was. right now. Let's do it. Hashtag I A-Rod for should- VP. I think every episode we should start a rumor. <laughs> fake news? We should be part of yes. the fake news problem? I, I'm, Definitely. you know, if, I mean, if you listen to Trump, everyone's doing fake news these days. It's the cool thing to do. So, you there know, you I'm into it. So why not us? Why not us? If everyone else gets to do it. Oh, man. Uh, the, well, that's the title of the propaganda podcast will be fake news because he has retooled that word. If you remember right before he started, well, this is a whole tangent, but right before he started using that word, it was because the Democrats were using that word about actual fake news. But, you know, getting back to our point, I agree this podcast should be fake news. I would love that. (laughs) 
I also like to point out you never answered if your daughter was Republican and you said the family was Republican. <laughs> well, she's two. So naturally, as we all start out, yes, she is Republican. You're Everyone's <laughs> born a Republican. Good. And then you have to learn. Yeah, you don't want anyone in your house. <laughs> no one in, I don't want to yeah. raise a future okay. welfare queen. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, no, definitely not. I've been spending most of my time um, coughing and <laughs> dying from coronavirus, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, I, I keep telling myself I'm going to learn a language. I'm not doing that, but I will encourage everyone. There's a lot of free uh, educational classes. If you just go to EDX, they got those Harvard and Columbia classes for free. Uh, that's a great that's pretty way awesome. to spend your yeah. time. Uh, more so, though, you could go on to Netflix and watch Joe's <laughs> Give A-Rod a call. Let's not even pretend. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to be contrarian like I'm too good for for the Joe Exotic like wave. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's there. Yeah. Um, I might be too good. I'm not – I haven't yeah. decided. Um, but, you know, what else uh, have I done? I, I think it's kind of incredible and mind-blowing that all these parks and, and paths around the city that are literally always empty – are absolutely packed. I think I risked getting coronavirus more than, uh, okay, I was walking, I'll admit it, but um, then, <laughs> then, uh, then going into the gas station to get some hand sanitizer. Like I literally think that the run was more risky even though I was outside because there were so many people. But I think that's really cool. I think people are using this time to kind of take stock of their life and get fit and uh and do whatever you know get healthy i don't care if you're skinny because i'm not and i never will be but i think that getting healthy is a really great thing um you know jerking off is something that you have plenty of time to do now so i encourage that it's good for you um it raises your iq um that's belgium i don't know if you saw uh belgium suggested people uh uh masturbate and they also uh and they also have is that real? Put a strong suggest yes, and they also put a strong suggestion on not to have uh, unnecessary sex involving more than two. People. Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> okay, uh, and so I will. T- I'll tell you what. I I'll bet you thirty two cents that New York also said to uh, master. Are you looking this up? Do I hear you typing? That's called journalism, buddy. <laughs> this is happening live. You are catching us live on April first. Live journalism. I'm on. I'm on the official NewYorkCity.gov website right now. Please tell me the word "masturbate" is on that page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Get ready. Holy shit. <laughs> have sex. Have sex with people close to you. You are the safest. You are your safest sex partner. Masturbation will not no spread COVID nineteen, especially if you wash your hands and any Holy sex toys with shit. soap and water for at least twenty seconds before and after sex. Rimming in parentheses mouth on no. anus might spread COVID nineteen. No. Wait, what website is I this? I was like, I'm on uh, York or nyc nyc.gov so said the on- word rimming. <laughs> I mean. It- Whoever said, and this was really, I think, our point. Whoever said the coronavirus is all bad, you know, probably knows someone affected by it and they're right. But everyone else, <laughs> we can take solace in these wonderful little things that are happening during this terrible time. Um, oh, my God. Well, 
Um, so yeah, you guys, we just want to thank you one last time for listening to the inaugural first episode. Uh, we get there was probably some uh, some kinks in it. Didn't wasn't maybe the smoothest, but you stuck with it, and you should give yourselves a round of applause for that. Definitely. Uh, so, Stephen, is there anything you wanted to add? I want to add that there are five hundred and fifty thousand podcasts out there, and you're listening to ours, which is pretty fucking cool. And what's extra cool is that we decided to add to the 550,000 because you know what we need more of? We need more podcasts. Go do something else. Go do something better than listen to us. See you later.